This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey, Cool Breeze, it's me, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's the one where we take a look at some of the coolest comic characters that Marvel has to offer all through the lens of the seminal book. The Handbook of the Marvel Universe. This week, we're going to take a look at a guy who goes by the name of Cyclops. So before we get there, let's light that incense. Let's bang that gong. When I was coming up through the world of comic shops back in the day, the X-Men were like the hottest, super hottest Marvel property that there was. Nowadays, it's like the Avengers and whatever. But back then, the Avengers were taking a backseat to all things X. And the leader of the team, the foil to our uh, one of our main characters in the entirety of Marvel at the time, Wolverine, is a guy who goes by the name of Cyclops. So whereas Wolverine... He was like, you know, the wild, crazy, fun guy that everybody loved. Cyclops was on the other side. He was kind of like the stoic, stodgy right hand to Professor X, who played, who got played pranks upon and things like that by all the cool guys over at the uh, Professor X school. I am not by any stretch an expert on X-Men lore. At the time, I was reading a lot of DC stuff, a lot of Justice League, and a lot of things like that because the X lore just seemed so heavy. I couldn't, I just couldn't dig in. I didn't know where to start. I had no idea. So a lot of this stuff is going to be as new to me as it is to you. But that's, that's what makes this fun. It's a learning experience for me. It's a learning experience for you. We all have fun. We all learn together. Let's, let's find out some of these personal details about this mysterious guy in the ruby quartz glass who goes by the name of Cyclops. Personal details, height, weight, and that sort of thing. Cyclops' real name is Scott Summers. His occupation is that of an adventurer. He is an American citizen with no criminal record. His identity is secret. Former nicknames, Slim. Place of birth, Anchorage, Alaska. He is currently single. Known relatives, Major Christopher Summers, his father. Catherine Summers, his mom. Alexander Summers, a.k.a. Havoc, his brother. He is affiliated with the X-Men. Base of Operations, Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, Salem Carter, New York. His first appearance, a seminal comic of the era X-Men number one. He is six foot three, 175 pounds, hence the nickname Slim. His eyes are black. His hair is brown. Black eyes, that's, that's wild, man. One of my dogs has black eyes, and when they look at you, they can peer into your soul, and it's creepy, but... We don't know a lot about his eyes because they are hidden behind those uh, ruby quartz uh, spectacles. Character bio. Like how did they get their powers and stuff like that. Scott Summers was the older of the two sons of Major Christopher Summers, a test pilot in the U.S. Air Force. 
When Scott was a child, Major Summers flew himself, his wife Catherine, and his sons Scott and Alex back from a vacation in his vintage private plane. The plane was attacked and set ablaze by a scout ship from the alien Shi'ar Empire. Catherine pushed Scott and Alex out the plane door with the only available parachute. The parachute was unable to slow their fall sufficiently to prevent Scott from suffering a head injury on landing. The injury damaged the part of Scott's brain that would have enabled him to control his optic blasts. And that is wherein the tragedy exists. Our guy would have these beams like shooting out of his head all the time, but that's something we'll get to in a minute. I wonder, I wonder what would drive the Shi'ar Empire to attack just some like random plane flying around. I bet, I bet that has something to do with some kind of convoluted X-Men kind of backstory, but it is, it is what it is, dude. You might be flying your family around in a prop plane. Next thing you know, Ziggity zap, you're tapped by aliens and then you are down. What a what a sad story. And I imagine these two these two young boys they're like thrown in together on the same parachute and while while they don't make it unscathed, they by and large do because like jumping out of a plane, dude, you are dust. You are gonna be as as flat as a piece of paper. But they both they both made it. So that's that's all good. Let's see where uh let's see where we go from there. The two boys were separated by the authorities, Alex was adopted, but Scott remained comatose in a hospital for a year. Christopher and Catherine were believed dead. On recovering, Scott was placed in an orphanage in Omaha, Nebraska that was secretly controlled by his future enemy Mr. Sinister. Years later, as a teenager, Scott began to suffer from severe headaches and eye strain. He was sent to an eye specialist in Washington, D.C., who discovered that lenses made of ruby quartz corrected the problem. While Scott was visiting a large city, his developing mutant power to project optic force beams finally erupted, bursting first in an uncontrollable blast that demolished a crane, causing it to drop a huge object towards a terrified crowd. Scott saved the crowd by obliterating the object with another blast, but they turned into an angry mob, thinking he had tried to kill them. Scott fled, ultimately escaping on a freight train. That's that's basically the story of growing up. It's like you start getting pains, you start getting headaches, life gets too stressful. Next thing you know, like anger is flying out of your eyes and everybody's mad at you. So you have to run off and be by yourself. The X-Men, the X-Men is such a metaphor for, for puberty and for, and for growing up. This this is such a sad story because you can see it from all angles. Like you're just like you're just like Joe Public and you're walking around and next thing you know there's a guy's like zapping beams out of his eyes and people are getting hurt left and right things are falling down you're scared and then you can also see it from the side of the uh X-Men you can see it from the side of, of Scott Summers you're just like minding your own business next thing you know you're terrified because beams are shooting out of your eyes and like you have no control everywhere you look like the beams are flying out you see all red things are falling down people are scared they're going to they're gonna attack you. It's like it's such a good story. A lot of depth going on here, and I, I really, I really do appreciate it. I, I'm not really sure that like ruby quartz is like a real thing as far as like the optics industry. I've known people who've worked in optics in the past, and I've never, I've never heard them say, "Oh, I, I recommended a ruby quartz glass to somebody." But then again, they don't have cyclops coming in all the time either, so. I don't know, maybe it exists in a world where you need it. Maybe it does exist and you can just get it, but you don't need it. So they don't recommend it to you because you're not Scott Summers. You're not Cyclops. I don't know. Let's let's find out a bit more. This is good stuff. Really good stuff here. The story continues. Professor Charles Xavier and FBI agent Fred Duncan join forces in their mutual attempt to find Scott. 
Meanwhile, a mutant known as Jack of Diamonds, and later as the Living Diamond, forced the frightened boy to aid him in his crimes. Xavier rescued Scott from the Living Diamond and enlisted him as the first member of the team of young mutants he would teach in using their powers the X-Men. As Cyclops Scott soon became deputy leader of the X-Men. He fell in love with his teammate Jean Grey, although his reserve and his worries about the dangers of his optic beams prevented him for years from expressing his feelings to her. When the other original X-Men left the team, Cyclops stayed on as deputy leader of the new X-Men. All that right there, that's basically the crux of the entire X-Men mythos. You got Jean Grey, you got Super Straight Lace Scott, and then you also add in Wolverine and you have a love triangle, and that really to me kind of like has driven driven the whole story even if you even if you watch like the the x-men movies it's a lot about gene gray and scott gene gray and wolverine it's all it's all good though you know you need you need some love in these stories you need some love you need some things like that to really kind of mix it up it can't all just be like shooty shooty bangity bang there has to be some some emotions this is this is really what has like i feel like driven these stories and made them so successful over the years because they've really like they really touch people they touch people in, in the sense that getting getting your your mutant powers is kind of representative of like you know going through puberty and all these changes in life and then you have you have this guy scott who he, you know he's a nerd he's a dork he's a loser and he's in love with gene gray he's in love with this beautiful girl at school but then you got you got this cool guy loner wolverine who's always stepping in there and kind of kind of messing things up it's a tale as old as time let's let's continue on we're gonna we're gonna finish up the bio here and then it'll, it'll be good let's 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 go on the story of cyclops continues on shortly afterwards the cosmic entity called the phoenix force secretly placed jean in suspended animation and impersonated her adopting a form identical to hers. When this phoenix committed suicide, Scott believed that the real Jean had died and he left the X-Men. Subsequently, the real Jean Grey emerged from suspended animation. Scott joined with Jean and the other original X-Men in founding a new team, the original X-Factor. After Professor Xavier returned from a long sojourn in space with the Star Jammers, Cyclops and the other X-Factor members rejoined the X-Men. Ever since then Cyclops has remained with the X-Men, sharing deputy leadership with Storm. Scott and Jean were finally married. Well, you're, uh, you're cutting a lot out of there because there's kind of like time travel and like other dimensions and stuff. And I don't really, I honestly don't really know like the specifics because as I've said like a million times in the past, I'm not, I'm not an X-Men expert, but there, there's like some weird deal where Cable becomes like their son like cable the uh character played by josh brolin in the in the deadpool movies is like somehow their son from like another dimension or something i don't know i don't know any of this honestly and i feel bad for uh like coming at you with with, with that info but this this stuff is so convoluted and it's so confusing and it's so weird that i i just can't I can't follow it enough. And this is this is basically like we're getting like bare bones crux of the character kind of stuff. The things that really that really motivates and drives them. Also, I had always wondered what the deal was with that team X Factor when I when I was back in the day hanging and clanging and reading like the All-Star Squadron and, and things like that over at DC. I would I would see the X Factor on, on, on the racks and it looked cool. And it did look kind of interesting, but I, I also knew I couldn't I couldn't dig into this X-Men universe because it was just it was just so dense. And honestly, that's what like that's what like the cool comic kids were reading at the time. There there actually were were things like that. There were like differentiators between like 
cool comic fans who read like Wolverine and the Punisher and things like that. Comic jocks, as I like to call them. The comic, the comic jocks were were like heavily into into the X Men, and I, I kind of stayed over on my own own side of the store, reading like Justice League uh, International and the All Star Squadron and stuff. But I did. I did see X Factor on the racks, and it looked it looked interesting. And I would I would check it out and look at the covers and see like Cyclops and stuff. And I, I couldn't figure out like what the story was and why the team split up. And I'm happy I'm happy that now I do in fact know this. And I, I, I I'm cool that like going forward I know what X Factor is. I know what all this X stuff is. Let's let's jump into the next segment. That's where we we take a look at what kind of powers our guy Scott Three, Summers has. Four, four. Powers and abilities. Like, what can they do and such? If you have ever read an X-Men comic book, if you have ever seen an X-Men movie, even if you only have a cursory knowledge of the X-Men like your guy right here, you know that Cyclops has these red laser beams shooting out of his eyes, and the only thing that stops them flying out of his eyes at all times is his special ruby quartz glasses. Earlier in the episode, we learned that the reason he can't shut these off is because he fell out of a plane landed on his head, busted his whole brain piece, and now these beams are coming out any time he opens his eyes and looks around. It's horrible. It's sad. But what are these beams? How do they work? I don't know. Let's find out. Cyclops possesses the mutant ability to project a beam of concussive, ruby-colored force from his eyes. Cyclops's eyes are no longer the complex organic jelly that utilizes the visible spectrum of light to see the world around it. Instead, they are interdimensional apertures between this universe and another, non-Einsteinium universe, where physical laws as we know them do not pertain. This non-Einsteinium universe is filled with particles that resemble photons, yet they interact with this universe's particles by transferring kinetic energy in the form of gravitons, the particle of gravitation. These particles generate great, directional concussive force when they interact with the objects of this universe. Cyclops's mind has a particular psionic field that is attuned to the forces that maintain the apertures that have taken the place of his eyes. The synthetic ruby quartz crystal used to fashion the lenses of Cyclops's eyeglasses and visor is resonant to his mind's psionic field and is similarly protected. So, that's crazy wild. It's not that, like, lasers are being produced by his eyes. His eyes are actually, like, wormholes to another dimension full of, like, non-Einsteinian energy. And what they mean by non-Einsteinian is I think that, like, the laws of, uh, you know, actual reality don't, don't matter. Actual, factual reality matter in, like, no way so they can do whatever you want. So every time he opens up his eyes, these wormholes open and, like energy blast out it shoots out of his eyes from the uh the other side of the universe or whatever and then when he when he closes his eyes the wormholes are closed that's crazy man to think that like the only thing that can uh stop them is like red glass i guess i guess that's uh that's all it takes to maintain these uh extra dimensional wormholes but that's that's crazy man because i i'd always wondered about like the amount of energy it would take inside of his body to produce these uh dangerous laser blasts and it turns out it takes none because all he's doing is opening up the window and energy is flying out. Crazy. The crazy things you learn in comic books. Let us continue on. The extra-dimensional supply of energy for Cyclops' eyeglass is practically infinite. Thus, so long as Cyclops's psionic field is active, which is constantly, there is the potential to emit energy. 
The only limit to the eye blast is the mental fatigue of focusing constantly. After about 15 minutes of constant usage, the psionic field subsides and allows only a slight leakage of energy to pass through the aperture. Cyclops's metabolism will recover sufficiently for him to continue in about an additional 15 minutes. The mask Cyclops wears to prevent random discharge is lined with powdered ruby quartz crystal. The inverted clamshell mechanism is operated by a twin system of miniature electrical motors. As a safety factor there is a constant positive closing pressure provided by springs. The mask itself is made of high-impact psycholic plastic. There is an overriding finger-operated control mechanism on either side of the mask. So what our dude is saying right there is that he has like a little button on the side if he wants. They can they can shut it down. I guess what we've learned here is that it, it isn't that the visor is made out of ruby quartz. What it is is they took a bunch of ruby quartz and they crushed it down into dust and they made they made like a lining, like a liner over the lenses that actually like block out the block out the beams. But that that is, that is a little crazy though. That like this amazing outer dimensional force can be held back by a colored uh, red rock, a ruby red rock, a scarlet red rock. I guess that's comics, though. You know, it's like Superman himself can be killed by a rock. So it's like, what are you what are you going to do? You know, if I throw a rock at somebody, it's going to hurt. So maybe the power of a rock is not to be underestimated. That's that's all cool stuff, though. The the visor had to have been like a giant breakthrough. I can't even I can't even imagine like how many different things they they must have gone through before they finally they finally figured out the uh, the ruby quartz. Is it is it that it, it it's the same color as the beam, so therefore it blocks it out? I don't know. I don't have that kind of optics know how, but I am I am glad that there are people out there who can help guys like Cyclops. And it's nice to see that there are guys like Cyclops who had this problem, he had these issues, and he decided, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to join up at uh, Professor X's school, and I'm going to help other guys out with these problems. But that also could have been that he wanted to spend more time with Jean Grey, because when I was that age, I was motivated by, motivated by those things too. So who, who knows? It's all... It's all good. These stories are very open and the it's the openness that makes that makes the Marvel universe fun. Let's uh let's move forward one more time and we're going to find out about some of the cool comics and toys and things that have featured Cyclops over the years, his first appearance and things like that. I imagine there are a bazillion other stuff like what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? Alright, this is me, I see Robots, and we are back. What we like to do in this segment here is we go on the online marketplace, the greatest online marketplace of all online marketplaces, the place known as eBay, and we we do a simple search. We do a search for the character, and we take a look at some of the some of the high-priced items and the low-priced items and every everything in between. Our guy Cyclops, he is an absolute icon of the comic game. So there's there's like even more than a bazillion things. Let's let's take a look. The absolute highest-priced thing on the computer as we speak is a a CGC graded 6.0 Marvel first appearance of Cyclops, Jean Grey Beast. This is giant size X-Men number one from way back in 1963. And this is, this is currently priced at 79999 Let's, let's take a quick look here and see what, uh, what some of the highest, uh, sold items are. And just because, just because it was sold doesn't mean that it was ever paid because there's all kinds of, 
all kinds of weird eBay okie dokes. Okay, here is uh, X Men number one, CGC four, and somebody bought that for sixteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. The next, the next highest is sixty six, and then here, here's a twenty fifteen Fleer Retro Marvel Precious Metals James Card PSA graded. 9.4 pop of one meaning there's only one graded at that population one somebody paid four thousand dollars for that card it was a 50 bid auction but again who knows if they ever paid it's really it's really hard to collect on some of these things then you got uh let's take a look down here are some bathing apes marvel x men shoes they these are like some kind of custom sneakerhead kind of shoes i'm trying to take a look at them now to see See what in the design makes them specifically Cyclops related. Oh, on the back, there is a nice picture of Cyclops. It says Bathing Apes, and then there's like a Marvel logo. These these are nice snakes, man. On the side, there's like a like a star, like a yellow star. They are currently sold at uh, 2800 but somebody took a best offer, so we don't know. We don't know what that is. The highest price item that is not a comic or a card, or a shoe that was sold. We're only looking at the solds right now. Is an XM Studios Marvel Comics X-Men Cyclops Version B statue that sold for $1,200. Let's let's go back to some of the uh, not sold items. Let's take a look here, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna tap on this little button here, and we're gonna go back. I I love eBay. I'm on eBay all the time, looking at stuff, just seeing what's out there seeing all this kind of junk and it's like this isn't this isn't like a sponsored spot i get nothing from ebay except for the chance to sell stuff here's here's a set of glasses six thousand dollars here's a phoenix force cyclops i guess at some point he had this phoenix force as well that's four thousand dollars let's let's see what kind of cyclops action figures we can get into i am sure that our guy has been captured and everything from a marvel legend on down turns out he is in fact a statue here is a here's a prototype cool little prototype of a marvel legend 1300 bucks here's another statue here's a bear brick a bear brick for 600 bucks a sideshow collectible a here's a marvel legend x-men prototype a few of these prototypes floating around which is which is all cool i guess the uh, retro lot of him there has been so many different cyclops statues here is a uh, Sideshow collectible. He's a doll. He's everything, man. He's such he's such a big character. I kid you not. He's like he's an icon, and I got to give it up to James Marsden because he really he really played the character right, man. He brought like a certain something that uh was essential to the to the role. I wonder I wonder who's gonna end up taking the mantle in the future when they they go back to these these Marvel characters, these X Men characters someday. It has to happen. It's it's wild to look back. And think about how the X-Men used to be the biggest team in the universe. They were so big. Wolverine himself was the biggest character in all of comics. And now, not to say they're like forgotten or anything, but they're taking a taking a backseat to the Avengers with like Tony Stark, formerly D-List, Captain America, formerly BC-List. All these guys, man. It's wild. It's wild. It's like... They, they, they are always switching things up. It's good to see, good to see some new and exciting stories. Let's, let's just see, uh, let's try to not sort this out and we'll just do it by best match and we'll see what, we'll see what comes up. Probably some promoted items. Uh, Toy Biz, 13 bucks. Cyclops, 5 inch from Toy Biz, 1992. 
You can get that for a starting bid, 99 cents. That's going to be over in a couple hours. 2021 Marvel Legends X-Men House of Cyclops. There are so many Cyclops. Here he is a pop vinyl. Our guy's had quite a career as a toy. He's from all the way back in the day with the Marvel Legends, all the way to like a Marvel Legends last year. Oh, here's his son. His son Cable has a statue as well. So that's it, man. There's like so much. This is like, there's too much to even list. If, uh, if you're interested, here's some Cyclops socks. Cyclops shirts. Here's a Cyclops beanie. Big up to Cyclops, dude. He is a ratings juggernaut. He is a merchandising juggernaut. Not to be convinced with the guy who is also Professor X's half-brother known as Juggernauts. There you got it, guys. I hope that you're having fun with this. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the uh, Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. You can find this on Anchor FM. If you are so interested, hop on over to icrobots.com. That's I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S. Dot com as if I see robots, if like I'm looking out into space and I see them. We got a ton of other shows. I got a show called World Famous. I got a show called This Boring Life. We got a Patreon at supportthereport.com. There are some unheard Marvel handbooks there. There's something called The Derek Show. There's Patrons Only Show. There is so much. If you're only learning about the IC Robots radio universe from this show here, my guy, there is so much more. Just go look up Icy Robots Radio on the online, and you'll be led to Geekfest Rants. You'll be led to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. You'll be led to World Famous, Toys R Us Report, This Boring Life, like I said, the Stuck at Home Show. So many fun things out there, and they're all available for you to listen to and to enjoy. So until we come back and meet again here, I got to say this, make my marvel. has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.